You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. So this morning I, I want to minister and help a lot of you. And the sermon topic for this morning is, is that the reward of any true believer is the anointing. The reward of any true believer is the anointing. In the Old Testament, kings were anointed. And we can see from Scripture that anointing had a purpose. It was to set a person aside for a specific task and a blessing. But many people today want anointing oil or anointing water or anointing whatever. It is not in the oil or in the water many people pour oil over their heads to anoint themselves but nothing has changed in their lives can drink a liter of anointing water and nothing can change in your life turn with me in your bibles to 1 samuel 16 verse 13 then samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel arose and went to Ramah. Many people fail to realize it is not about the oil, but the coming of the Holy Spirit that brings the difference. Water in itself cannot change anything in your life. Oil in itself cannot change anything in your life. Because every time... You take a shower or a bath or you drink some water, your problems would be solved. If you take the oil and you fry your fish and you eat your fish, your problems would be solved. Or you make fat cook. It's not in the oil, but it's the mere fact that it's done in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That glory is imparted. And it's not about the water, but the presence of the Holy Spirit. That remained upon David. The anointing oil in the old days or in the Old Testament. The fragrances that were in that oil when they anointed somebody. You could smell the fragrances for two weeks. But after two weeks the fragrance would disappear. But let the Holy Spirit remain. And the Bible says the Holy Spirit remained with David. And from that day his life was successful. Because God was with him. God's presence was with him became a giant slayer he had challenges he still had battles he still had to face a Goliath but the same anointing that helped him to kill the lion and the bear was the same anointing that helped him to kill the giant he had a friend in the Holy Spirit who disposed of giants Christ has given all of us the Holy Spirit And have anointed us. Turn with me in your Bibles. To 1 Corinthians 1 verse 21. I'm reading from the Passion Translation. We'll have an anointing service. Within the next few weeks. But all of you can be anointed. But how much will your life change. After you've been anointed. How much have you prepared your heart to receive the anointing. If the sign of the cross is placed upon you or you're anointed, 
The most important thing is not the fact that you've received the anointing, water or oil. But that the Holy Spirit remains with you. Now, it is God himself who has anointed us. Just now it's God himself who has anointed us. And he is constantly strengthening both you and us in union with Christ. He knows we are he since he has stamped his seal of love over our hearts. And has given us the Holy Spirit like an engagement ring is given to a bride. A down payment to the blessings to come. You are Christ's bride. Jesus himself is busy preparing us. Getting us ready for Christ. His second coming. And we are the bride. The Bible says, how do you know that you are his bride? says the Holy Spirit has been given as an engagement ring. It's, I hope I don't offend anybody, it's almost like the Holy Spirit is the labola that's been paid. When the labola has been paid, that bride-to-be's behavior needs to change. She cannot now visit with other old boyfriends anymore. She is spoken for. When somebody is engaged, your behavior changes. People can see you have a ring now. People will talk in the community and say, this person came. He's paid the labola. They're going to get married. We're just waiting for the right time. But everybody is happy. The families are happy. And when you become born again, God the Father acknowledges the work upon the cross. The Holy Spirit comes, sanctifies you, cleanses you, regenerates your spirit. And He now becomes that seal that you in right standing with God. All your behavior, your conduct, where you go. Is determined now by this relationship. Although that husband-to-be is not there, now when guys start flirting with you at work, you don't engage in that. Because there's another relationship that's more valuable. Even though you don't see him, you know, I'm spoken for. A price has been paid. I cannot engage in those kind of things. In the same way, when you are born again, your behavior needs to change. There needs to be something different about you. And the difference is God's presence, the leading of the Holy Spirit. Okay. She's the bride. She's spoken for. That's all of us. Okay. Spoken for. Labola has been paid. There's a marriage that's going to take place. We know it's in the future. Man came and sinned. When you sin, sin affects your conscience. Now because of that sin consciousness, when they want to get together to talk, she cannot have liberty. Because she's thinking, oh, I did something wrong. Jesus came. Jesus came and removed that sin consciousness. When that sin that you were aware of has been removed, you're now aware of God's righteousness. 
When you're aware of God's righteousness, you're aware of God's Holy Spirit. That ability that the Holy Spirit gives us, gives us confidence before the Father. That's why we can enter into the Holy of Holies with confidence because of the blood of Jesus that speaks for us. So the bride, all of us, whatever we've done wrong, the blood of Jesus speaks for us. It sanctifies us and it cleanses us. And we can stick the course to where God wants us. But when we're not aware of the Holy Spirit anymore, then we start going here, we start going there, we see, let me try this and that. Somebody that's engaged, their whole behavior changes. Even when they are not with that person, even though you cannot see that person, your behavior changes. Even if you were single and you used to go to certain places and now suddenly you think, oh yeah, we used to do that, and you go there. As you go there with your friends, your conscience will say to you, you cannot do this anymore. Then you say, oh sorry ladies, please excuse me, I cannot be here. That's the leading of the Holy Spirit. But when you get here and your conscience says, no, you cannot be here. Say, oh, no, man, we're just going to have some fun. It's just going to... It's there when you start to reject the Holy Spirit's leading and guidance. And you follow your own will instead of God's will. An awareness of the righteousness of God brings an awareness of God's presence. Listen to what Hebrews says. 1 verse 9. You know why so many people feel unworthy? Because of unrighteousness. Because of sin consciousness. Because you're thinking, oh, I know what I did wrong this week. But you don't know that Christ died for that and took it away. You have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. Therefore God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. There's a redemption that can take our sins away. The Bible says, He who knew no sin became sin so that we can be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Not self-righteousness, not I do everything wrong, you wrong and I'm right. A righteousness that comes from God. Jesus Christ. Putting our trust and our faith in Him. Him receiving our sin and we receiving His righteousness. There's nothing more I almost want to say wicked or evil or thing that, that's just ugly in this world than when you see somebody that's self-righteous. I can never, I don't do anything wrong. The Bible says all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Adam was clothed with God's glory, but when he sinned, that glory was separated. The presence of God was removed from him and he had to walk on his own. But Jesus Christ came to restore glory back to us. In John 17, when he prayed, he said, Father, the glory that you have given me, I have given them so that the world can believe. So that they can see there's something different about them. You were designed for God's glory. You were designed to have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. The thing that attracts the Holy Spirit is righteousness. The righteousness of God attracts God's presence. Do you want more of the anointing, more of God's presence in your life? 
pursue righteousness. What does the Bible say in Matthew 6 verse 33? Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. There is no kingdom of God without righteousness. That doesn't mean you're not going to make mistakes. You're going to make mistakes. Amen? Anybody here, you didn't make any mistake this week? It's when you make a mistake, you look to Jesus Christ, the righteous one. That righteousness is not self-righteousness, what you do right. That righteousness is the position that you hold in Christ because He is the righteous one. We are called to live a life of faith, but faith's greatest enemy is unworthiness. Unworthiness. When you think, somebody say, can you pray for me? No, I cannot pray for you. Why? Because you feel unworthy. Let's just be honest. When you're at work and they say, uh, we're going to eat, and there's some Christians, who's going to pray for the food? Um, where's the okay, you, you, you pray. But you don't, even, you don't even feel worthy to pray for the food. If you don't feel worthy to pray for the food, how will you ever pray for somebody with a headache? Let me see your hand if I'm talking to the right people here. Okay, only a little bit in the church. The, other, the rest of you, you're praying for the food. Let me see. Jesus Christ came to help us. He could see that we couldn't do it on our own. The prophets couldn't do it. David couldn't do it. So he sent Jesus Christ, who's full of grace to make a way. For the Holy Spirit to be here today, cost Jesus Christ his life. The Holy Spirit is for free, but it's not cheap. Job 33 verse 26. It says, he shall pray to God, and he will delight in him. He shall see his face with joy, for he restores to man his righteousness. He shall pray to God. When you pray to God, he listens. When you face a challenge, cry out to God first and say, God, help me. Help me. And he will delight in him. Do you know what that means? It means God will restore fellowship back to us. Because that fellowship was broken by Adam. But he says, if you call out to God and say, save me, Lord, he's going to save you. You shall see his face with joy, for he restores to man his righteousness. Do you know what it means when he says he restores to man his righteousness? says man can now again receive the holy spirit when god restores righteousness to man you can now receive the holy spirit legally as a person who has sinned let me see anybody here can you just agree we've all sinned raise your hand as a person who has sinned jesus christ became our sin he never sinned he went to hell in our place, paid the price. The devil accused him, but no accusation could stick because he never sinned. He became our sin, but he was clothed with our sin. Then God the Father said to the Holy Spirit, go and get my son in hell. Remove the sin from him. Raise him from the dead and bring him to me to present his blood. And the Holy Spirit went in. Jesus who knew no sin, who became sin, 
The Holy Spirit went and cleansed him and sanctified him of all sin. Then he raised him from the dead. Do you know what that means for you and me? Me and you that have sinned, the Holy Spirit can cleanse us. He can raise our spirits up to where God is. And the Holy Spirit can now be with us. His presence, legally, that's what Jesus Christ did for you and me. His death made a way that God's presence can be with us. That's why Paul says, you who God has anointed, sealed you off with the Holy Spirit. This is the work. Paul said that I may know him in the power of his resurrection. The working of the Holy Spirit in my life. The reward of any true believer is the Holy Spirit. His presence. You cannot be born again without the Holy Spirit. When God made Adam, he breathed into him. And he became a living being. But in John 20, after Jesus had died, was made alive, came to his disciples, he breathed on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Let me read it to you. John 20, verse 20. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. And the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, Peace to you, as the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. But if you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Can you see? God clearly links receiving the Holy Spirit and the forgiving of sins. He says, if you want to receive the Holy Spirit, you have to walk in righteousness because He has sanctified your heart. A person that's offended, offense is sin, which is unrighteousness. He says, if you've received the Holy Spirit who has forgiven you, who has raised you from the dead, who has sanctified and cleansed you, says, now you go and do the same. That's why Paul says in Ephesians, as Christ has forgiven you, forgive others. This is the key. Jesus said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Is that right? So he's not going to leave you nor forsake you. But Paul again says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Are you grieving the Holy Spirit with what's going on in your heart? It's very quiet here now. People say, I want more anointing. Anoint me. Is that right? Do you want more anointing? Are you sure? Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Psalm 141. Remember we've said righteousness and anointing are linked to each other. We see it the whole time. Hebrews. Because he loved righteousness, pursued righteousness. God anointed him with the oil of gladness above all his companions. Are you there? Psalm 141. Put it on the overhead. Psalm 141 verse 5. It says, let the righteous strike me. Let the righteous strike me. It will be as kindness. When a righteous person corrects you. It's kindness because it will bring life into your life. 
says, let my head not refuse it, for it will be like excellent oil. When you embrace righteousness, it's like pouring oil on your head. When you pursue the kingdom of God and His righteousness, it's like pursuing the anointing. It's pursuing God's presence. That which is on the inside of you. Are you ready to seek the kingdom of God and His righteousness? Many Christians complain today when it comes to Christian service. But the reason why they are complaining, they've not received empowerment from on high. They're trying to do things in their own strength. Jesus said in the book of Acts, wait and you will receive power to go out and minister. This empowerment is for all Christian service. If you've been empowered by the Holy Spirit to do something, nothing is too much. But when you try and do it in your own strength, it will be too much. It was because of the anointing on David's life, God's presence made him a giant slayer. He lived a life in protecting that. In the old covenant, remember, righteousness brought God's presence, unrighteousness God left. Because Christ had not yet come. So what did David do when he had sinned? What was his prayer? Lord, do not let your spirit depart from me. Why? Because he knew he was not great. He knew he was not a giant slayer. He knew it was God's presence in his life. Are you ready to do everything in your ability to make sure the Holy Spirit feels welcome in your life? Protect the presence of the Holy Spirit. Protect that which is holy. Ask God to act in you that your thoughts will be holy, that your words will be holy. That our deeds will be holy. That people can see we are led by the Holy Spirit. If people had to read your text messages, would they think they are Holy Spirit inspired? Or is it driven by your fleshly desires? Oh, now it's quiet. Do you think the Holy Spirit does not know what you're writing on your text messages? If he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you, do you think he's not there when you are sending a text message? Now it's very quiet. Listen what Colossians says. 1 verse 26, I'm reading from the Amplified. The mystery of which was hidden for ages and generations from angels and men, but is now revealed to his holy people, the saints, to whom God is pleased to make known how great for the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of his mystery, which is Christ within you, among you, the hope of realizing the glory. God has planned glory for you. The New Living Translation says, For God wanted them to know that the riches and glory of Christ are for you Gentiles too. And this is the secret. Christ lives in you. This gives you assurance of sharing his glory. The Passion Translation says, There's a divine mystery, a secret surprise that has been concealed from the world for generations. But now it's being revealed, unfolded, and manifested for every holy believer to experience. Living within you 
is the Christ who floods you with the expectation of glory. This mystery of Christ embedded within us becomes a heavenly treasure chest of hope filled with the riches of glory for His people. And God wants everyone to know it. You were designed to be a saint. You were designed for God's glory. What is it that's keeping you back to walk in this that God has called you to be? You know, when I'm on the building site, even on Friday when we were recording the video, my daughter went with us. And she just had uh, these slip slops on. And the next minute I saw her coming out with some boots. I said, what's going on here now? She says, I'm going to the building site and I don't want that dust to be on my feet. I said, okay, that makes sense. And in that, God spoke to me. Many times there are dust sticking to us that we have to get off. Dust of resentment. Dust of hatred. Dust of offense. Dust of religion. Dust of prejudice. Dust of racism. Dust of religion. What is the dust that's sticking to you that you need to get off? Because the Bible says, get the dust off your feet. And I said, let me look in the Bible. What does the Bible say about dust? Are you ready for this? Isaiah 52 verse 1. Awake, awake, put on your strength, O Zion. It's a church. Put on your beautiful garments, O Jerusalem, the holy city. For the uncircumcised and the unclean shall no longer come to you. Shake yourself from the dust. Arise, sit down, O Jerusalem. Loose yourself from the bonds of your neck, O captive daughter of Zion. Since the things of this world, the things of the uncircumcised, Get that dust off your feet. The offense. The religion. Get that dust off your feet. Sometimes when you go to places where you know there's dust, you have to clothe yourself differently. You have to be ready. You have to clothe yourself with Christ. Amen? Every day when you go to work, perhaps, you have to clothe yourself differently. Or maybe... You've allowed so much of the dust there to come upon you that you look exactly like the rest of the people. Behave like the rest of the people. Where God says, get that dust off you. Acts 13 verse 51. But they shook off the dust from their feet against them and came to Iconium. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. They were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Family, the dust of religion, the dust of offense, whatever the dust is, get it off your feet. Because as you get the dust off your feet and you move on, you'll see the Holy Spirit will fill you once again, will empower you once again. Jesus himself said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me for a purpose, for a reason to preach. Acts says how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were sick and were oppressed of the devil. There's a need for the Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ died 
for the Holy Spirit to be here. He made us righteous. He has sanctified us. Let's walk in that. Let your confession have your heart's full agreement. Because we believe with our hearts unto righteousness. If you believe that God has made you righteous, you'll be aware of God's presence. Now wherever you go, you'll be listening to the Holy Spirit. Even when you go to the wrong place, find yourself in a difficult situation. The Holy Spirit does not run away. He's there with you to say, Wow, I see you find yourself in the valley of the shadow of death. I'll be with you. Let's go. Even in the time of trouble, David said, God will be with me. Even in the time of correction, who do you think wrote Psalm 141, who said, if the righteous strike you, it will be kindness. Who do you think wrote that? David. Because he knew that instruction in righteousness will be an outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon his head. Not the oil, throwing a bottle of oil over him or spraying water on himself, but God's presence that will remain. When we go and we have the anointing service, may we prepare our hearts to be ready that the Holy Spirit will feel welcome to remain. Because then David, from that minute, he continued and he was successful. Yes, he faced challenges, but he had God's presence. He had the anointing to kill a bear. He had the anointing to kill a lion. He had the anointing to kill a giant. Doesn't matter what you face, that presence of the Holy Spirit will fight for you. David had a friend in the Holy Spirit who disposed of giants. He was quick to say, Lord, do not let your spirit depart from me. He said, restore the joy of your salvation back to me, Lord. Sanctify me, cleanse me, that in your presence I will know you've made me righteous. I'm not aware of sin anymore, Lord. I'm aware of your Holy Spirit and the work that you have done. This is the reward of every true believer, the anointing of the Lord Jesus Christ. Siela. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ. Loving God, loving people.